Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three. Good luck, studio. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's my pleasure to introduce to you Paul Chandler, the shy Yeti. <laughs> He's not that shy. All I wanted was a pie, and then I hatched out of an egg. Okay, bring the mic over. He's ready to record. It's the quiet ones you've got to watch, you know. Is it metaphorical? Is it, is it deep? Is it deep? <laughs> Boy, he's not all that shy is right. Shee! Blimey, Five Governor. It's the Shy Life Podcast. Excellent. Hello, campers. How are you? Hello, and welcome to yet another episode of the Shy Life Podcast with me, Paul the Shy Yeti. How are you doing? Oh, I'm all right. Well, what's going on this episode? Well, it's a chatterbox episode. It's our, I don't know, our spring special. I don't know when it'll be coming out, around Easter, before May. I I don't know, but... uh, it doesn't matter. We've got a, a bumper crop of guests this time, but uh, let's run the theme music. And when we come back, I will introduce them. Run that theme music. Darling, it's the Shy Life Podcast. You won't find a cast of characters like this everywhere. Hello, Paul. I don't want Paul now. I'll go anywhere, but I'll Delicious. This particular episode of the Shy Life is, is a little more abstract than usual. Go Shy Yeti. Oh, I hope he hasn't found out my secret. I think he has. If you thought that was bad, just listen to this. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait for it to begin. It's the Shy Life Podcast. So, would you be psychic? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I'm strangely drawn to Yeti Uncle John's ankles as well. <laughs> But has the Shy Life podcast slowed down? I don't think so. It's all gooey and greasy and yum, 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 yum. <laughs> Hello, yes, um, here we are. We're lacking one person, but we're expecting them to arrive soon. And we've got somebody who isn't usually here. So I'll introduce the people who are usually here. We have um, Andrew and Lisa. Hello, folks of world. Hello. <laughs> and we have Martin Hope. Hello there. So the, the, the rattled old, the rattled old regulars. Yes. And um, I dare you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I see your rattle. <laughs> and, and we have uh, well, uh, someone who's very familiar to the show, but hasn't been on a chatterbox very often. It's Nick Goodman. Hello. I'm not really? usually all there. No. <laughs> usually all. We wear you out with all the other episodes we you do. You heard it first, folks. We, we keep him apart from the others because he, well, you know, he, he, we, we lock him in his room. I, I, I'm allowed in, but uh, he's not allowed he's out. He's got a room. Bloody hell, I don't get a room. He's got a, <laughs> cori- it's got a corridor. It's a bit like Hannibal Lecter in that end cells. <laughs> well, you know, we were hoping that wouldn't come out. But, uh, but anyway, it's been revealed now. But he hasn't been allowed well, home. Is, I feel to blame because it's, uh, he wasn't like this before. But it's because he's been digitising Sutton Park episodes, it's uh-huh. it's made him, like, completely lose it. So uh, he was, He's it, got it, all it, digital. 
Once, it, once Sutton Park is digitalised, I will be released into the wilds again. No, you know? I'm not sure. I don't, think, it, I don't think you'll be safe. It's, it's a long life. Does it do, damage is permanent? I'm afraid. Sorry. That's <laughs> um, why. Why do you think I never watch the digitisation when it's a, a on, on audio? Watch it on audio. Oh, I don't know. Um, I don't know what I'm talking about. I've, I've introduced everybody except for the person who isn't here yet. But uh, that's right. That's fine. Um, so. I've got a list of things we're going to be doing. I, I should probably. Oops. I should. We're, we're going to do some flashbacks to old episodes. We're going to do some facts and figures and quizzes. Uh, we've got the return of Call My Bluff, um, or our version of it. Um, we. I want to talk about um, TV that's really knackered, like stuff where <laughs> things. Oh, our, 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 our guest, our last guest is. is uh, is here. I'm just going to bring him into the call. I think you can probably better guess who it is. It's a vintage podcaster, the person who's um he's not that old. No, well, he's he's done more. He's done he's been podcasting longer than any of us, but uh, um so he deserves some sort of medal probably. Uh some sort of metal. Metal, I guess, but we can't afford medals. Um uh metal, metal, metal. <laughs> How do I bring him on? Seems easy. Uh, um, Very big switch. <laughs> well, <it's> <laughs> big red button. Is no. There's, oh, just a minute. Here we go. A toppy button. Ah, here we go. Mm-hmm. Hello, hello. Calling all toppies. Calling all toppies. There he is. Ta-da! Mm-hmm. Hello. Yeah. Hello. We've we've just started, but we were we've been we've been. Um, Advertising that you'll you'll be arriving. Well, we 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 kept it mysterious, but uh, oh, yes. good. I'm our, all into the mysterious. Yeah, our our our, our final guest. Uh, uh, I said you're you're the podcaster who's been podcasting longer than any of us. So you're the you're you're the you're the king of the road. I don't know, king of the podcast. wild frontier. Yeah, um, so- it's Toppy Smelly. Hello, Yay. hello, Toppy. Yes, we've got. Um, We've got. I'll, I could do a roll call. I'll do a roll call. <laughs> Toppy, we've got Andrew, Lisa, Martin, me, and Nick Goodman. Oh, relative six. Got an extra list for this month. Oh, That's this. right. Four squares, five people. Century literary circle, isn't it? Of podcasters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're not uh, right. oh, oh. like the Bloomsbury set, didn't they? Which was that's twentieth all... century. century. So, we're, are we the Charlton set? It gets to be Lord Byron then. There. Nineteenth-century yeah. literary set. Yeah, we're, we're 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 not sure if this is. We're calling it our spring special. We're not sure when it'll be coming out. April, uh, sometime in April, probably. But. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, well, we've um, actually had spring temperatures here right now. It's 10 a.m., but it's already 60 degrees, so... Yeah, it's looking pretty good here as yeah, well. It's pretty, it's pretty sunny. I um, saw a bumblebee this morning. Ooh. Did it recognise you? Yep. This <laughs> is Nick off the radio. <laughs> a long chat. Um, yes, this is uh, also uh, a quite a unique part of the year because... Um, we are closer to Toppy than we've ever been. Well, no, we're closer. We, we, we are the closest we ever get to Toppy. Um, in, in that we're, we're four hours apart at the moment, rather than five. So ah. just for a brief window of two weeks, I think. So <laughs> the, UK, the UK is nudged an hour to the west. 
Yeah, we, mm-hmm. we don't change our clocks until next weekend. But I can, uh, he's so close now, I can almost see him. Uh, uh, he can feel his fire. <laughs> Every year, there's a lot of legislation going on to cut uh, just stop this ridiculous time change thing. And every year we're a little closer, but it never seems to happen. No, my, my dad didn't bother with this at all. He left all the, the, the clocks to their fate. You know, just, <laughs> <laughs> he, he couldn't be bothered with that. Um, yeah, we've, uh, I was, as I was saying um, to the others, we, we've got quizzes. We've, we're going to do, we're going to do a version of the random word um, like the episode that I've, uh, Nick and I did a while back where we have a random word and you have, but we're all going to have different random words. Um, Crikey. Uh, and if we can, uh, you might just have to say, no, I can't think of anything to do with that, but who knows, but uh, <laughs> um, just make it up, make it up. <laughs> um, we've got, uh, we've got, um, call my bluff as well coming up. We've got facts and figures. Uh, but first of all, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about TV shows that we love, but, which kind of broadcast bloopers or mistakes that, that they haven't even bothered to... Well, I'm mainly thinking of Dark Shadows for, for, for Toppy and I to talk about, because I've been watching some... some um, Toppy, I've been watching 1970 Dark Shadows when they're in the parallel time. Yes. Uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of bizarre acting and, and a lot of mistakes, but because... The, the, for those of you who don't know, that it's around the time when there's a character who's like a Jekyll and Hyde character. He's a scientist, and um, but when he turns into the bad version of himself, he really, he really, like, really goes really very far, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Sniff, yeah. Sniffing people's underwear and everything. It's uh, they're still uh, wearing it at the time. No, they're not. But uh, um, yeah, this was their version of Jekyll and Hyde because that's basically what Dark Shadows did. They recycled. You know, everything from Frankenstein to Dracula. And the only thing they didn't ever do was the mummy or the gill man. But uh, the, one of the things that happened in the 70s is they kept pushing the, the special effects. And, uh, you know, and, and they kind of got sloppy because, you know, everyone was, was just pretty darn tired on that yeah. show because it was just every day. Everyday hustle, hustle, hustle. They were hustle, hustle. movie, weren't they? Um, the, uh, yeah. In seventy, they made the first movie. Yeah, and uh, anyways, it was just a very busy time, and and their guru was off directing that movie, and he was nowhere to be seen uh, on set for this soap, and they just got very sloppy, and they because they just they were so tired of churning it out, so they just charged ahead and. <laughs> Well, did the best they could. Uh, and um, there was an episode I saw where th- where the the guy who's turned in, in the, into his bad self he has a cane with a sword in it, and he takes the sword out and tries to threaten this woman, and and the the the, the actual blade drops out of the end of it and falls off, <laughs> and he tries to catch it and drops it even more. And it's... I remember that. <laughs> um, there's there's also. Uh, one of the other super great bloopers it might have been this storyline but uh, because you know every year some woman is uh, tied up in a chair somewhere uh, stashed away you know what I mean and uh, I think it might have been this storyline where he's kidnapped someone and he's and he's put a gag around her mouth 
and talking to him. And, uh, well, the gag falls off. <laughs> and she just has to pretend it's still there. <laughs> he, he um, I mean, all, all of the British listeners who know Victoria, Victoria Wood and Acorn Antiques, they spoof all these sorts of things. And, and you think that Acorn Antiques is, is a ridiculous sort of spoof, but actually Dutch Ellis comes very close to it, more so than any soap opera I've ever seen. Oh, my goodness. He kidnaps um, Maggie Evans and takes her to a, like a, he's made her a nice little room in some horrible dungeon. And, uh, but he has to go and get some of her, he sneaks in and gets some of her stuff from her uh, own bedroom. And he's like, yeah, he's not just packing her case. He's like, he's considering the audience at the time it was on, it's, it's a bit much. He's really kind of slavering over it. It's a bit disturbing. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Oh dear. Um, but I don't know if, if any of the, the others that can think of shows that they like, where there's some really big bloopers that, that are just left in that that, that that's particularly they're particularly fond of. Well, the one the one that jumped out at me was there's an early episode of Hancock's Half Hour. That there's an airfield at the bottom of my garden, mm. where the idea is that um, uh, there, there's a table that's meant to collapse as, as the sort of you know sort of end of a scene or something so they've rigged up this table to fall over unfortunately the table starts to collapse halfway through the episode (laughs) so hancock has to like hold on to the table and like other people have to then come in and hold the table up as well (laughs) and it's it's very obvious until the moment when the table actually has to collapse and then they just let it go i quite like that in comedies when you sort of let in onto the Onto the gag. Yeah, we've been watching um, Are You Being Served, haven't we, Lisa? Yes. And what yeah. was the one we watched the other night, Takeover? Uh, yes. Where, where Mr Lucas starts to laugh. Yeah. Because Mr Granger's come in wearing this ridiculous wig. Yeah. yeah. And they're not supposed to know who the other who they are, are yeah, they? Yeah, no, no. And he has to introduce him at a yeah. party. Mm-hmm. And he just looks at him and just starts laughing. Mm-hmm. And then this woman comes in and... What's her name? Lady Mabel Abel... Weeble Abel, Abel Smith. Smith. Lady Weeble Abel, Abel Smith. Smith. And he can't say it, can he? Because <laughs> he has to go, Lady Weeble Abel Smith. <laughs> and he just starts grinning. Yeah. But what, what's the other one you like? The season 10 one where Michael Atwell oh, is laughing. Oh, that's um, the hold-up. Because... Uh, um, uh, John Inman's dressed as this character called Mad Tony, mm. and he's so completely over the top. Sort of Italian he's gangster. Do, Italian gangster, and he's doing this thing with a fan. And he's hitting Michael Atwell on the face with this fan. And and Michael that, Atwell's about six foot yeah. six, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's pulled him down really to sort of his level, and, yeah. and he's he's doing this this thing, hitting him on the face, and they're shooting it from the side, but you can just see Michael Atwell's sort of starting to to. To laugh and having to sort of try and yeah. suppress it. Yeah. So. so yeah. But that, that's from the days when you really couldn't cut if you, yeah. you know, if you, if you, if you wanted to cut, you had to justify it. Yeah. So they just tended to keep going. Didn't yeah. They? Well, that's the funny thing about, you know, what we're talking about is these things don't happen today because it's it's so inexpensive to edit, and most things aren't done live on tape like they were and you you have to go back to these old shows that used to do live on tape um to find them and it's all part of their charm we we used to do live on tape on Sutton park (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> including the metallic man with his fingers dropping off on camera, that snapping, snapping off that, uh, uh, in the middle of a scene. But I kept on, I kept on acting. That, uh, um, Martin, can you think of any, any examples? It's, it's weird, really, because I mean, we we had all those years, didn't we? Of, of uh, it's all right on the night, and it, I always think that the, the the beauty of it is live telly. I, th I think the only the only place you still get that now is is sort of breakfast news and things, isn't it? When when somebody decides to throw a strop, walk off, or or something falls over, or a bulb explodes, or something. I mean, my favourite one of those I think, is it the Pebble Mill, where is it Gene Pitney singing? outside and they and it's got and the track doesn't play or he can't hear it or something. I, I love that i just that's just it's the problem is it's also that you're kind of embarrassed for them but equally you're you know like sometimes it's a bit too cringeworthy but uh but i mean there's a lot of stuff like you say in early early live drama I, my favorite in terms of just in terms of I, I suspect it has nothing to do with the show itself is that avengers uh, where the the flies walking around all over the, uh, yeah. over the recording device. That, that's <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, Nick, do you have any favourites? Well, I suppose fresh in my mind at the moment because we're we we've just finished rewatching it is the Doctor Who story Earthshock, mm. um, with the last two episodes have probably the biggest number of blunders in it. Um, I think it's because it was such a demanding show that you know it was frenetic the the way it was put together. But um, there's the bit that Peter Davison found on first transmission where you can actually uh, although it's a low light you can actually see the uh, pa sat on the on the uh, on the floor looking at the script <laughs> um and um, also the the amount of they've got all these troopers uh, you know that uh, are storming the, the, the you know going through the um the spaceship and and when they reach the tardis there's the continuity of the troopers actually gets good goes bananas because uh um, the, the, there's a woman that gets grabbed, but she, she uh, but it's uh, two men go in, but only one actually comes through the door, uh, despite the fact that two have come through the door, and two disappear. And there's, 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 there's no, there's no, no, I suppose there must be zapped or anything. Um, and of course, Matthew Waterhouse, the playing Adric, you know, kind of reaching out for the console, knowing it's going to explode. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's tiny so, Tim. Adric who did not die. The sideman's mic comes down on the and at his mouth when in his death throes. But then they would, I suppose, sideman's falling pieces. So, so that yeah, that's quite that's quite fun. Well, this is of course the time of recording. We've just passed the fortieth anniversary of poor Adric getting exploded on on the spaceship, which had had. Deeply affected some of us more than others, depending on how young we were at the time. <laughs> but um, yes, I, I was thinking. Uh, what Dick was saying about um, members of the car, uh, members of the production team sitting in there. That often happened in Dark Shadows. Uh, often, when they were filming, I don't know, a bit of blank set or a bit of set to put to run the titles over, you get occasionally you get people walking into shot and not realizing they, that that was the bit of the set that they were they were using for this for this episode yeah. so, and tied the, the best one of those was roger coming in with his trousers in hand and he's got boxer shorts on and he <laughs> he looks and realizes oops and scurries off the set <laughs> well, well, i suppose going back to um are you being served 
this is this is this is theatre rather than um, telly, but is so I'm, I'm stretching it a bit here. But I did see John um, Ali and I went to see John Inman in uh, a farce many years ago at the end of a pier. It was a, it was one of these sort of trousers down farces as they tend to be, and um, somebody couldn't get the line, and John Inman went off the, off the set and came back with the script and said, "We're there," <laughs> <laughs> which I just oh, oh yeah. yeah. I, mean, I was thinking of when we were talking about corpsing and stuff. I was thinking of I'm sure there are scenes in like Morecambe and Wise where Eric Morecambe makes Ernie Wise smirk or cause i think he was much he was a giggler but um but then they are there's also the stage stuff they do where because usually more and wise of a certain era ends with like a big production but uh, because and it's usually because only wants to be with the uh the love interest and 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 maybe he hasn't told he's i mean this is all obviously scripted but it's he's kind of made it sound like um uh, the, the show's over and and then Eric Morecambe's walking out, walking out in the back of the stage with his carrier bag and his, and kind of stops and looks and sees that things are still going on, but that actually happens in Dark Shadows in in in, in, in real life. But uh. Nick's reminded me of um, talking about Earthshock. Um, Toppy might might not know the scene, but if I were to say um, the hand holding Sutex cushion in Pyramids <laughs> of Mars, so so to explain to Toppy. Um, one of the sort of, um, I think, I think it's generally acknowledged as one of the best sort of Doctor Who stories, is all about Egyptology. And there's this Egyptian god who's been trapped in a pyramid for thousands of years with the power to destroy the world. And eventually he's freed from his force field. He stands up and a, a sheepish hand is holding on to the cushion so it doesn't stick to his ass when he stands up. <laughs> and you can see the hand sort of go behind the chair, the chair. <laughs> and and con- did, didn't they remove it from the dvd release oh, controversially oh, yeah. yes yes well you've got the option yeah you've it? got the option to see yeah. it with yeah. or without oh, the okay. yeah. yes. i wonder if there's an option on Earthshot to see it with or without the pa <laughs> <laughs> but also in um uh that reminds me in the city of death there's another doctor who story um there's there's a scene set in renaissance italy and there is just one shot where you can not only see the boom mic, but you actually see the whole arm of the boom mic in shot. Oh, yes, yes. But it's, it's quite subtly done. I mean, I, I, I had to have it pointed out to me. I'd, n- I'd never noticed that either. No. no. No, I hadn't. The reverse of that is, and I still haven't forgiven them, but um, it was on an episode of Points of View uh, after the Awakening had been shown in the mid-ish 80s. And... Um, Somebody had written in and said, oh, you can see a red, you know, in their mind, they thought it was set in like the the sort of Cavalier era. Isn't it? Um, and then they said, you can see a red phone box in the background. But what I don't think either the points of view had taken in or the or the letter writer had taken in is that it wasn't set in the past. It was like one of those war re- reenactment um, things which actually started to be in, infected by the past, but it was perfectly fine for there to be a red telephone box in the scene. Um, and and um, I, I was I was furious. I'm still furious. School, get your facts right. Yeah, get your facts right. But uh, uh, time for us to move on to the first of our three. Call my bluffs. Now, um, for those of you who haven't heard this before, and for Nick who's not been a part of this before, I shall read 
three different anecdotes, but only one of them is right. They all involve members of the Shy Life podcast team. But uh, anyway, here we go. Here we go. For the, the first one, Bettina Dupre was uncredited as one of Madonna's stunt doubles in Desperately Seeking Susan. Uh, the second one is Cromarty once worked as a pantomime horse in a production of Cinderella and was mobbed by a family of actual horses after the show who mistook him for the real deal. And the third one is Charlie Gurr once won an award for his good work at promoting the cause of pies to a worldwide audience. The award was an actual pie, which he immediately ate up on the stage in front of the shocked audience. So Bettina Dupre was a stunt double for Madonna. Cromarty once worked as a pantomime horse and was mobbed by a family of horses. Or Charlie Gurr won a pie award and then ate it on stage. Which is the true anecdote. Um, Toppy, what do you think? I think it's Charlie Gurr and the pie. Okay, Andrew? Well, Madonna's been through so many different incarnations. Oh, what are you going to say? Oh. <laughs> Uh, but I think anyone could have been a stunt double at some point, so I'll go for that one. And Lisa? Uh, I'm going to go for Charlie Gurr, I think, because I can see him doing that. So. And uh, Martin? Well, I, I worry about the pie because I, I feel it might be gold-plated. I don't know whether that would be an issue. Um, so I, I would, I'm would. i going to go for the panto horse. Okay, and Nick? Um, well, I'm not quite so familiar with, with Charlie as the others, but... I, I've seen enough of his work, shall we say, to yeah. see. I uh, say that, that that certainly sounds in character. It, I don't go for desperately seeking Susan one because I've I've seen that, and uh, Madonna is entirely Madonna throughout. So I, I went to see it at the cinema back in the day. So I'm going to go for Charlie too. Okay, well, um, the true anecdote is indeed Charlie Gurr. Um, it, uh, this is the true anecdote it was a cherry and beef pie half and half so half of it was cherry half of it was beef mm. uh, but Charlie barely noticed as he ate it in under five seconds wow. um, like a Cornish pasty you yeah it was I think it was yeah. along those lines uh, now information on the other two um, Bettina was not stunt double on this film, but she was at the premiere of Who's That Girl and prevented Madonna tripping over her own ego at one stage in the evening. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Easily um, done. Yeah, and uh, as for Cromarty, the true version of that story is that Cromarty played Mother Goose in the pantomime of the same name. Ah. Uh, it was a family of geese who mobbed him. So. Ah. Not quite. Oh, oh, geese, geese, geese are pecky buggers. Yeah. I got. I got severely mauled by a goose on the Isle of Wight, yeah, didn't I? Yeah, I was, goose, I was goose, well and truly goosed. Goose, yeah. <laughs> goose can be very pecky, yeah. And herons. Uh, Cromarty? Uh, Mr Andrew, yes. Uh, I, I, I still have the scars from the gooses. Oh, uh, they, they were very pecky indeed. Um, I, 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 I sympathise. You think you've got yeah, because Cromarty, last panto I did, I, I worked with a pantomime horse and it farted, and I don't know which <laughs> end farted. Oh, dear. <laughs> That's that that's is not, that's not that's not that. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Oh, oh well, I'll I'll swap my geese for your farting horse, but I'm not sure which is worse. <laughs> well, thank you, Comedy. We might be hearing from Comedy later. He he uh, he's going to offer his um his expertise as an agony. His body. So, um, so I'm going to I'm going to ask rather than do like six clips. That's too much. I'm going to ask. Um, 
um, you to choose different bits and then we'll see if we can find an, an episode that, that links in. So, Martin, yep. will you pick a month, please? A month. Oh, what's a good month? What's what's the best month? <laughs> oh, what is the best month? Uh, I'm just going to list them in order of preference. Um, let me think. Which is the, be- the best to work? Uh, it's uh, October. Okay, Nick will agree with you. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, me too. So, me too. Um, can we, uh, Lisa, can I have a year between 2016 and 2022? Uh, 2018. Okay. Um, and Nick, can I have what? What, like, early in the month, middle of the month, late in the month? Uh, do you want a, an actual date? Or? Uh, you can give me an actual date. Uh, 28th. Okay. Um, so, 2018, October. Right. Well, we don't have... Uh, we don't actually have an episode for the 28th, but we have for the 29th. And it... Um, it, invol- it involves Nick. It uh, it is when Nick and I discussed the big hits of 1989. Mm. Um, it was actually um, released a- around the time of of, of your of a significant birthday for you. Um, and um, so we'll, we'll play we'll play a little clip from that. And actually, we might play a clip from the episode that came before it too. Uh, the, the the episode before so that was episode 203. But episode 202 was called "Rebellious Spooks and Robot Seances." It was our Halloween episode for 2018, so we'll we may play a a, a a clip from that and a clip from the 1989 episode. First up, I think I'm going to see if I can find that that ghost that did the toppy impression last year. Do you remember? I'm not sure where he is. Perhaps he's having a nap. Oh, you know, hey, I oh. really love your library. It's wonderful books. There's a lot of... Huh? Keep, a, keep a nice library. Oh, well, it's not actually... It's not my, my library, but... Uh, oh, or do you mean the library that I work in? This... this um, I was I was going to... There's, there is a library in this building, actually. Is that Maybe that's what you've seen. I, if, <laughs> if, you, if you want to come back to London later i mean when we leave then i'd love to show you my actual library library i think you, you... yeah i've seen it yeah oh it's <laughs> great <laughs> it's a lovely i would love to work in a place like that be nice. it, it is lovely working in the library um so is there anything else you'd like to do like the you know uh, are there any other people you need to catch up with or or, um, you know, I, 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 we, we are recording, but it won't take that much time. I'm, you know, my time is your time. And um, um, what are you, what are you recording? Uh, one of the a podcast episode for, like, well, oh. it's for it's for the Halloween episode. It's a bit early, but we're. You know, what's a what's a podcast? Uh, what are you talking about? It's uh, like a radio show. Oh. Mm-hmm. But but it's on. Right. It's, it's record. It's. Re- well, it's recorded. Well, you know, I haven't left here in ages. I'd love to go for just a stroll, you know, maybe just to try it anyways. Uh, yeah, yeah, we can we can do that. Um, you okay about going outside or...? or I've been out, I have not been outside for a long time. It'd be nice to try, I don't know. Well, yeah, well, we can see how it goes, can't we? 
you can see how it goes and if it doesn't work out then it doesn't work out <laughs> yeah you know yeah. that uh, spot I, I have under your stairs it's very nice you, you've been very down nice. you've been under the stairs it's a very nice I like being there uh, <laughs> anyways <sighs> well uh, a little, little cramped but it's alright I just did you want to go did you, need, did you want to go down there, back there, before we go out, or did you... I do like it there. Maybe I won't go outside. Then oh. I'll just go back under the stairs. Do you mind? No, 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 it's fine. And, and do you want to take the biscuit with you? Please, thank you. Thank you, uh, Uncle John. Oh, uh, OK. It's nice to be seeing you. <laughs> can't can, yeah. catch up with you. Uh, do pop up again later if... Uh, yeah. Bye, Toppy. Bye-bye. I'll just take another. Thank you. Okay. Sure. What, what is going on, Paul? I... I don't know. Although I'm beginning to wonder... I'm beginning to wonder if this is some sort of trick, some sort of prank. What do you mean? I don't think that was Toppy. I don't think that was Toppy at all. I, I, I just don't think... I don't think that was him. I just think that the ghost is playing with us, maybe taking an image from my brain or something. I was talking about Toppy on the show, maybe... You think this ghost is a listener of the podcast? Well, he might be. It might be. Or it might just be... I mean, i got my computer here. It might be that it's heard me editing or something. I don't know. I don't think it's the real Toppy. I'm going to give him a call. Or I think you should... We're, we're gonna, we're gonna have to uh, face him, eh? This ghost. Do you think he knows the other ghost? What the one that I exercised? I don't know. I don't know. It's all very odd. Um, any any thoughts of your own life in eighty nine? Eighty nine. What, what were you up to? Well, actually, I, I was. Um just recently I've been re- revisiting my diaries for 1989 because I'm in the midst of doing a book uh, where I was writing a series between 88 and 94 so um, I had to re- you know sort of look at the dates. Uh, 89 didn't actually give me much to go on in terms of the um, writing because I didn't really have much time for writing in it. Um, I was in a church young communicants group um, I, which I ended up running um, from about May onwards, um, I was clubbing. Um, I started restarted with the Amdrams that year. You and I were at a writers' group mm-hmm. with a lady called Alex Leslie, mm-hmm. um, who was a great big Bronte fan. Um, that's uh, Emily Bronte, not Brontosaurus. Um, and she started a lovely writing group, which had a great potential. And then she promptly married someone and went off into the sunset. So. Uh. Uh, but no, a very busy year. I didn't realise how busy. And I started videoing. In um, I bought my own video recorder, rather after the rest of the human race, but never mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, we also... Um, I started hiring out video cameras and filming in 89, so it was the beginnings of something big. But yeah, um, I got to know... Andrew Trowbridge, of course, you all know from the... Um, archives. Uh, around the archives. And he, although we knew each other from about four years earlier, 
uh, three years earlier from the Doctor Who local group, we started regularly meeting up. Mm. So it was the beginning, beginning of the beginning, really. Yeah. Where, uh, it, um, it was a, quite a positive year. But the fact, I, I would have liked to have had a lady on my arm. <laughs> um, but we can't have everything. Um, but no, it was it was fairly positive. Yeah, it was fairly good. Um, yeah. Oh, the yeah. mortings burnt down. I was oh, <laughs> which uh, wasn't uh, so good. Uh, I was saying uh, to you when we were talking about doing this year that it was sort of I don't remember a great deal of, of about eighty nine only because it was sort of a middle of nowhere mm. year for me. It, it wasn't. I was probably studying for my GCSEs, but it wasn't the year I did my GCSEs. Yeah. It was just. You know, um, and writing-wise, I don't know that I completed anything that I still refer to. Um, <laughs> in, in, so it it, uh, it may have been around then that I did the, oh, the Nigel Wormsley stuff started. Um, with. Of course, you and I both did tape scenes in 1989 because you did mm-hmm. one, a one-off one, and I kind of did one on the back of it, which became RPS, mm-hmm. right, right, very face shift. So yeah, it really was the beginnings of of quite. It set up the 90s, really. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of things I did in the and 89 set up the nine set up the, the, my, what my life was going to be like in the 90s. And as we said in 1988, when we were doing that episode. I was now uh, sort of. I was finally living <laughs> in the year that I was in. in yes. And actually buying music of that year. So I, we will find there will definitely be stuff I will say. Oh yes, I I, I was buying. I was still buying old music and still exploring mm. the past, but I was buying things currently in the I, in the charts too. I went a bit mad in '88 and bought loads of contemporary stuff, but I don't think I did it so much in '89. Uh, I, I'm not quite so familiar with '89 as I am with '88. I don't know why that should be because I was still in the record department, uh, well, working yeah. with the record department. I was still fairly savvy on the charts. Okay, so let's do another flashback. Um, Andrew, can I have a year between 2016 and 2022, please? 2020. 2020? Yep. Yes. Um, yep, that wasn't an echo. That was me saying 20 twice. <laughs> Top, Toppy, can I have an, um, a month, please? All right. August. Um, and... Uh, Lisa again. Can we have a, 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 a like a date in a month? Uh, oh, like okay. Let's say the eleventh. Um, okay, eleventh of August, twenty twenty. Again, we it falls in between, so we might play two clips. Um, one of them involves. Um, well, one of them involves Nick again. <laughs> We've got um, episode 364, which came out on August the 9th, 2020. It was our third book club. And and then on August the 12th, we had episode 365, which involves two of Toppy's former Lotzel um, co-hosts. It's, um, it's Shayeti's Telly Treasures with Jay and Wes. And um, so I shall put a clip from uh, both of those on. Uh, anyway, sorry I cheated there. No, I just, not at all. <laughs> I just have these. I just have those. I just have those two books, and I can't choose between them because I haven't read them yet. But they both look good. I, I wouldn't mind and, getting uh, one myself. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. 
Because uh, I mean, there's loads of people. I, 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 as I say, with people like I've had, I bought a biography of Liz Taylor and a biography of Richard Burton, and and um, partly because I realise I don't know that many of their films or that much no. about them. And, and Richard Burton was born the same day as well, same date. No day. No, we were both born on November tenth. Mm. We weren't born in the same year. Um, I was going to say. So I kind of always, he's always been a name. <laughs> he, he's always been a name that um, mm. you know. But I don't know much Weird. about him. And and, and so, but rather than buy one book, I bought two books of, on him in the mm. hope that you get slightly different versions. We've got his diaries. Um, um, yes, so we, we've, we've got his diaries. So we, that's going to. Do. But. Um, no, I've got a soft spot for biographies. Ali's a bit snobby about biographies. She thinks it should, needs to be an autobiography. But if the person's dead, you know, you're a little bit limited about what they can write about. Um, and also sometimes they, sometimes they end too soon. <laughs> um, you don't get to hear the last few year, yes. years. It's quite nice. It's quite, quite light to have a biography oh. that covers the whole career and also sort of takes it right to the end and maybe beyond if there's if there's if there's a reaction exactly i mean you know it's not the complete story really is it and also you get ones where um the the the, the you know that it completely uh it goes up its own ass like i have to say um the most disappointing autobiography i've ever read is stephen burkoff you're just left with this sort of man who won't give anything away won't say who anybody is and calls himself the actor I thought this is pretentious rubbish. <laughs> I've never been so bored in my life. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I wasn't impressed with uh, with Burkhoff's. So but sometimes it does actually pays for somebody else to write it a little bit more objectively. Um, I think if Adam Douglas Adams had written a book about himself, it would have been so zany you wouldn't have actually got to the nub of what the man was was about whereas i've got a super book i I haven't actually included it yet so but maybe a future book club um called hitchhiker which was written by a friend of his and i it's very funny very objective and 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 sums him up really well so uh i yeah i've I've got one more trivia one for you um um, i'm not sure whether you're both (laughs) I expect one of you to to know the answer. What colour is superheroes bat, Batman's bat phone? Bat phone. The bat phone. Not, what colour is the bat phone? That must be from like Super Friends or something, because it's not from like serious bad stuff. No, prob- no, it might be from the sixties TV. I feel like I should know. The- oh yeah. Oh 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 oh. I see. But maybe you mean the one that rings in the like when the yeah. commissioner's calling. Yeah. Well, yeah. Then I would guess I know what it is. Do you know what it is, Wes? I think the color is red. At least that's yeah. the one that's on the desk of the the yes. commissioner's office, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's the answer we have here. So, okay. Uh, okay. yeah, I think I would when I when I first saw that, I thought, oh, I'm not sure, and then I thought, oh no, of course, yeah, because it it glows, it glows that red color. Yeah. But, when uh, you first said that phone, I'm thinking like something he carries on him, like a cell phone. <laughs> so I was like, I didn't even make the connection to like the old show at first, the bringing. <laughs> Uh, that's still that's still when you say, but even though we've had all those, like even the not even the like late eighties, early nineties movies, I still think when I hear Batman, I still think of the sixty show because it, oh, yeah. it was on TV so much, and I was scared of the title sequence and all those people running through the and all the villains coming at you. I, I, I sometimes I don't think oh. I even got on got as far as the show, but uh, I forgot about that. Was that like the animated be- beginning yeah. where they're like kind of floating through the? 
yeah, green sort of background. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of creepy looking. Yeah, yeah. I don't think sometimes <laughs> I got any further than that. That was, that was quite scary enough. That was kind oh. of my. That was certainly my first introduction to Batman because, of course, it was already in. Well, the movie was '66, which was the year I was born. Mm. So clearly, I wasn't. I didn't see that when it first aired. But um, that was like in probably the first run syndication by the time I was watching TV. Mm-hmm. So that was my first introduction. I remember during the uh, the first uh, movie in the eighties. What was who was the actor that played him? My- Michael Keaton, yeah. first Michael Keaton movie. So I didn't really know much about Batman. I guess I probably saw some of the old TV series. But then when that movie came out, you know, all the local channels capitalized on that by playing those episodes over and over again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And the merchandising uh, and stuff for that first Keaton movie was crazy. Like, yes, it was everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I, I, remember, I remember my cousin uh, sort of dragging me to to the cinema a few t- more, more times. Than I probably would have gone to see it. But. Okay, we'll do one one last flashback. Um, uh, Nick, uh, can you choose a year between twenty sixteen and twenty twenty two? Well, let's go back to its very beginnings. Let's do 2016. Okay. Uh, if 2016, then we'll need um, we'll need a month between May and December. So, um, Andrew, can you choose uh, a month between May and December, please? November, please. <laughs> That's the Anton month. <laughs> <laughs> November, November. Yes, please. November. And uh, Martin, can you choose... November, November, November. Let me think. Let me think. I can't think of any significant days in November. Nothing has ever happened in November that I can think of. So, uh, um, (laughs) is he turned into a seal? What's going on? Mini, mini, mini. No, uh, 13th. 13th. Um, okay. So, there's actually a big gap between November the 3rd and (laughs) November the 15th. So, I think, um, ah, gosh, uh, it's, uh, no, so November the 15th, which is 2016, which is the nearest, that was episode 33, and um, it's ironic, really, he's haunting us, it's, I think, Jay the Haunt Cub's uh, first appearance on the show, it's, hey, hey, it's Haunt Cub, and um, yes, so, uh, uh Former Lotsal cast members uh, are, are, are are here, so yes, we'll, we'll play a clip. All here, there we go. We'll play a clip. So you, you have literally everybody on your show this week. That's the thing. We, we <laughs> should phone. We should phone Warren just to make sure. You know. <laughs> oh well, Warren and I have been recording, but ah. The first time I ever went on a on, on a dance floor was probably at a Doctor Who convention. Um, but a, <laughs> because well, I went to an all boys school anyway, so there weren't any school discos. But we didn't really have things like um, proms or or things like that. So I didn't really. So I was a bit you nervous about. Much. Sorry, say again. You didn't miss that much. <laughs> well, I kind of, uh, I kind of uh, got more into having a having a shimmy when I was uh, the conventions, and partly when I met Callum, we we used to get we used to go out into this horrible club in. Uh, where we where we lived, and I I grew to quite like having a, a you know a, a dance about, but um, but when I was the age that you know I remember going to a Doctor Who convention and, and Nick, I think Nick and his friends being that bit older, they that was one of the first things they they did is it was to when they wanted to meet girls was to go to discos or nightclubs and and it was all kind of new to me and I I remember 
Nick sort of saying, oh, are you going to come to the disco? And I was like, I suppose I was, might have only been 16 or 17 or something, and maybe, maybe yeah, probably no much more than that. And, and I, I was like, oh, no, no, I'm not doing that, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> or, or I'd stand, sit on the side and not dance, which is, yes. um, which, uh, which is what... Um, Harry is very much like when I used to go nightclubbing with him. He would he just stand on the side. But uh, by which type point I was uh, I was spinning around. But uh, <laughs> you know, there were lots of different guests at conventions, and some, sometimes it was the most obscure ones that were the most surprising um, or the most fun. The, who, who some people will go to them and they'll just take the money and then they'll vanish and some people some of the guests would actually come down to the bar after the in the evening or yes. or stay for the disco and and just enjoy the enjoy the adulation a bit um but they were usually the they might have been the guest stars but they went you know they they probably in a way were just as famous but just not for their roles on doctor who but uh, we should probably leave doctor who for now because we've still got four more numbers to go and uh, okay um, I turned into a pumpkin in, in the next 20 minutes. No, I don't. Um, I'm, I'm already a pumpkin. Um. Hello, it's me, your Yeti Uncle John. Just uh, calling in to uh, say I'm really enjoying your latest episode with uh, uh, Hey the John Cub. No, Ray the Plant Cub. That man down the pub, Jay. Jay the... Yeah. Yeah, your episode with Jay is really good. I'm interested in hearing your questions. You should have been on... Uh, oh, what's it? You should have been on the news or, or one of them big-time interviewers. You asked really probing questions. You'd have been very useful in uh, the Inquisition, back in the Inquisition times. Yes, poking people with sticks and stuff. Yes. Well, anyway, it's fascinating to hear, uh, you know, uh, when you talk to somebody. It uh, was, yeah. Uh, what? Oh. I'm a bit sleepy. All right, then. It's your Yeti Uncle John. I'll speak to you again soon. Bye-bye. Dummy Twinklehorn! I just wanted to call in and say, I think that yes. Oh no! I think. Oh! I just wanted to call in and say. I just wanted to call in and. S- oh! Oh, it's me, Dummy Twinklehorn! I just wanted to say hello to Jay the Horncub. I'm a big fan of yours. I've got all of your records and all of your books. And I have even climbed up a tree in your honour. Hmm. Oh, no. This is me, Dabby Stringerhorn. Good night. Right, so that's that. So... Let's see. Um, I think I need to give you some facts about. I'm going to. Oh. I'm going to give you facts about. Actually, I was going to give you some facts. Oh well. Oh, here we go. 
I've got, um, going back to Dark Shadows, I should have read this when we were talking about it, but uh, nine, uh, nine terrifyingly amusing facts about Dark Shadows, although I won't read all nine of them, but uh, um, one, of the, one of them being Barnabas Collins wasn't supposed to be a main character. He was just brought in to improve ratings. Um, um, also, yes, they were going to kill him off mm-hmm. and then move on to another story, but well, like in a lot of soaps, when a villain is brought in, that's, this has happened on many soaps. A villain is brought in, people really like him, and they say, oh, we got to keep him around. And sometimes, uh, often the villain will become more sympathetic, and suddenly, uh, next thing you know, they're a kind person. That's happened on so many soaps. Yeah. Um and, uh, and also, this is a, this is a fact that annoys me. There is a there is one missing episode. Why just one? It's so frustrating. It does um, like with the missing Doctor Who episodes. It does exist in an audio format and is presented on the box set. But uh, it's like uh, somebody left it in a taxi or something, isn't it? You know? <laughs> well, <clears throat> it was so unusual for anybody to bring. Pre- be preserving them anyways <clears throat> very unusual for heaven's sakes a lot of soaps just recorded over old episodes um and i've i've never understood what dan curtis thought he was doing that he preserved them i like did he think he was going to recycle them somehow i mean that just didn't happen back then for soaps but i think you went into parallel time where they had the videos earlier um <laughs> they had in the normal time so he was he was like, oh right 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 keep them keep them keep them yeah we, we might be living in parallel time now we don't realize it um only two actors stuck around for the whole series one of them was joan bennett and one of them was louis edmonds yes. um uh nancy barrett appeared in the second episode um uh so she was also in the cast for the full run but uh, but they would vanish for a while now again wouldn't they you wouldn't see them or they'd be upstairs changing for about three months or uh, <laughs> come down with the same head that's, that's yeah. always yeah, yeah they, there were a few there were at least i can think of one or two characters who were recast but um yeah that didn't happen too often uh uh, one one of the things about Dark Shadows it was taped in New York City, and th- one of the great reasons it was cast so well is that there were so many actors in New York City doing stage work, maybe some television or maybe some commercials, but they had a vast number of, of actors to choose from, and, and they always cast the show extremely well. But like Lewis Edmonds, he <clears throat> was doing a lot of theater. And so he would work it out, you know, write me off because from this date to that date, I'm going to be on stage. And so he would just disappear for a while and uh, then he'd come back. Same with the uh, same with everybody. They just I don't know if it was written into their contract or it was just something, you know, will work around you. However, those soaps did it, but they allowed the actors to go off and do other things. On Sutton Park, it was a bit different. Sometimes, if characters went missing, it's because I'd lost them, or, or <laughs> I put them in the wrong box and misplaced them. But, uh, <laughs> I thought you meant they'd just gone to the pub. 
That was yeah. Well, that was. Tell you something. It was dusty in that box, wasn't it, Lee? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the show had a pretty slim budget. It um, uh, it had um, a seventy thousand a week budget to produce five episodes. Um, one camera operator discovered that putting plastic wrap and Vaseline around the edges of the lens made a great effect for dream sequences. That <laughs> um, was easier than wiping the Vaseline off it. <laughs> <laughs> it said, it, it, it's talking about um, mistakes. It says that, I don't remember this one, because uh, Kate Jackson from Charlie's Angels was in Dark Shadows in the last year. And it says that uh, in one instance, Kate Jackson's 19th century dress caught fire because she was surrounded by candles. The camera crew kept, kept filming as if Duh. nothing happened. I don't remember if that's, I don't know if that's noticeable <laughs> on, on the, on the, the uh, I haven't, I, I'm, I'm, I'm less familiar with the very l- later episodes, but. Uh, I don't uh, recall it. So it may have been off camera. I don't, I just don't remember seeing that. Well, but it, it was if she went off to work for Charlie. Yeah, she was. <laughs> <laughs> she, wasn't, uh, she wasn't like a flaming torch by the end of it. She should work for money, but. Uh. Um, also, the uh, the painting of Barnabas Collins that, that's in a lot of episodes wasn't really, well, it wasn't painted with with the knowledge of who the face it was painted with a blank face, and then when Jonathan Fried got the role, his face was painted in, but it it uh, it wasn't um, wasn't sort of he didn't pose for it. Uh, 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 a couple, couple more facts, and then we'll move on to uh, another lot of call my bluffs. Um, it says that Dark Shadows was a has has a lot of firsts. Um, it stood out from other soap operas of the time. It was the first soap opera to be shot in colour on ABC. It was uh, also the first soap opera to spawn three films, two of them coming out in the seventies and. One of them um, in 2012, but uh, but uh, we don't talk about too. Much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, uh, uh, just briefly, I, I've come to I've come to um, kind of like that Johnny Depp version for, you know, that you know you got to separate them, but I, I, I've come. To I like it. it. I like it for the cameos of the old cast members, <laughs> but I've only seen it once. I think. Um, it's an interesting point though, Paul. That. Soap operas don't tend to spin off into films, whereas comedy shows do. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it, admittedly, m- many comedy shows that spin off into films, the films are pretty dreadful, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well. Point. Yeah, I'm just trying to imagine Coronation Street, the movie. The movie. <laughs> they did some spin off straight to video ones, but that's not quite the same thing. Um, Aust- Australia, number 96, a show that wasn't really shown in the uk that went to a movie but that was kind of a soap that was after the watershed and was a little bit more risque and sort of fitted into being released as a um a a film but i mean that's about the only film a film of a soap opera i can think of from australian soap operas but Mm -hmm. even even dan curtis's remake of his own soap there are vast differences from the soap the most obvious one being he couldn't shoot the movie on the soap set because it's just it would pick up details mm. and it would look fake. So he had to go to real locations. And secondly, he decided uh, this time around, I'm I'm gonna 
have Barnabas be like I originally conceived him. He's he's going to come in. He's going to be a mean son of a gun, and <clears throat> and then we're going to kill him off. And that's how the movie ends. Uh, Barnabas, you know, dies at the end. Yeah, it's more like a Hammer film. Um, Very much like a Hammer movie. Mm-hmm. Okie dokie. Well, we've got another another call my bluff. So I'm going to read you three anecdotes, and you've got to tell me which one is the real anecdote. So the first one is, Bettina and Aunt Tappy were part of Andy Warhol's factory during the late 1960s. They were the tea ladies. Uh, back in 1983, Yeti Uncle John almost married his friend Sue, who was a, a chiropodist in Winchester. Yeti Uncle John misheard her proposal and said, I do. Or oh, the last one, Paul the Shayetti once almost swallowed a daffodil when visiting a local garden centre. He was so impressed by the scent of the flowers that he sniffed too hard and one of the daffodils nearly shot up his left nostril. Which one is the true animal? Uh, Lisa. Oh, gosh. Um, I'm going to say it's the first one, Bettina and Aunt Taffy. Okie dokie. Martin? Mm, uh, no, I don't think that's that. I don't use that. Uh, I, I feel that uh, Warhol and T did not not go together very well. Either that, or they were just so bad at it that no one ever got any tea. Uh, yeah. Daffodil. Okay, um, Nick. I'm going to go for the daffodil too because you were saying earlier that you were having trouble with um, pollen mm. um, in recent years, so that would explain much. So I'm going to I'm going to go for the daffy. Um, Toppy. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to go with the, the Warhol. Because I, I just seem to remember that. Uh, you have a family connection. Um, <laughs> Andrew, I hadn't asked you, had I? Uh, no, but I've already got an image in my head of Wilfred Hyde White with a daffodil up his... Um, <clears throat> having his temperature <laughs> top. Oh, you, think, you think he breathed in too hard? Yeah, and I, I think Wilfred Hyde White <laughs> might have breathed through a different part of his body. So <laughs> I, I can imagine Paul inhaling a daffodil um, through his mouth. <laughs> and no. I'll be very clear on that. Uh, through his what? No. Through his nose, even. That explains him turning up on Buck Rogers, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I have to tell you that none of you are right. No! Oh. The, uh, the actual true story is uh, that back in, back in 1983, Uncle John almost married his friend Sue. Uh, this is true. Yeti Uncle John thought she had asked whether he'd like a second helping of chips. In retrospect, he is glad that he never married Sue because she gave up chips soon after and moved to Swindon. What did you say her job was? A what? Sorry? What did you say Sue's Chiropodist. job was? Chiropodist. The chiropodist. Yeah. Oh, I, I misheard it as chiropractor. I imagined, <laughs> I, I imagined well, that... her manipulating him. It I was, was having trouble pronouncing this, but I didn't um, get as far as pronouncing chiropractor either. But uh, <laughs> um, I can give you more details on the other two, though. Uh, the ladies weren't part of the factory, but they did ha- hang out with Andy on many occasions. When they first met him, they were dressed as tea ladies at a fancy dress party, and Andy was dressed as a sausage. Um, <laughs> the the other one about the daffodil, it wasn't a daffodil, but actually a large bunch of gladioli. The upside Ooh. was that my nostrils smelt super floral for weeks after. It saved on hanging an air freshener on the end of my baseball cap. That's for sure, said <laughs> Shayetti. Um, okay, we'll have oh, one more. Uh, uh, just one, one note about um, Andy Warhol, just in case you guys are interested. There's a really, really good documentary. Um, I think it's like four episodes, so it's quite extensive about his life. And 
if you're like me, I've never understood Andy Warhol. Never. I've never understood the phenomenon. I never understood what made the guy tick. And boy, if you're curious about what he was really like, uh, this is a great documentary. And it calls the material from his own uh, handwritten journal that he kept. And so it really gives you what was really going on in his mind, uh, you know, apart from what the world saw, which was obviously not really Andy Warhol. But anyways, it's fascinating if you want to. I watched watched this week, Toppy, and um, I I think one of the things that it it changed my uh, impression of was he, he seemed to be really having a lot of fun and, well, except for when things were going wrong in his personal life, but he did seem to be having quite a lot of fun at times and, and did seem to have, he was a lot more, I, I think when you saw clips from the 60s, he did seem quite monosyllabic, but when you saw him talking more in the 70s or, or into the 80s, he did seem more chatty and more fun, and um, even though a lot of really sad things were going on in his life. But uh, Yeah. Okie dokie, right. Um, we're going to do random words now. I'm going to each give you a word. And you can either say what you associate with that word. If you have an anecdote, you can share it, if you can share it. Um, <laughs> it depends what, I, what words come up with. Goodness, I'm worried now. Um, right. Uh, now, where's my random word generator? Okay. Um, going to start with... Is that, that thing that people, where they fill in the letters every day and tell me that they're green squares or something? Wordle. What this uh, well, yeah. <laughs> I still play Wordle. I, I, uh, um, I got it in three today. I, was I can never read the word because it always just gives me some squares to look at. It's <laughs> kind of really annoying. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I played one because there's lots of different versions of Wordle coming out. There's one where you do four words at once, which is quite difficult. You get a few more goes than the normal. Four Wordle. Wordle. Um, but there's also one called Hurdle, which is spelled H-E-A-R-D, where you listen to like. 10 seconds of a song oh. and the first time i did it it was a fleetwood mac song that i knew so i was really impressed i got it in five seconds of course the next day it was a song i didn't know and that's the trouble it, it, if you don't know the song you're not going to know it even if you heard three minutes of it if you just don't you know the song so it, it really depends on whether you, you know Which what. I, I thought that hurdle would mean you just skip the middle letter or something you have to jump over it you leap over it yeah, yeah. um okay. just Paul, promise me that you'll never p- post your Wordle puzzle every day. <laughs> Twitter. I, I have done before now, but I've st- kind of stopped because it's, no. I still do it. My mum, my mum and I do Wordle, but she doesn't want to use the website, so I have to be her. Her so so she she does she talks to me or sends me a text with her her um. Uh, her suggestions and i have to reply back a couple of times due to human error i've got it wrong and given her the wrong response and said oh no it's not it doesn't have any other letters and then i looked back later and got oh actually if you did you were right they did have the letter a in it and i didn't i oversaw that so i said you should just do it on the website then there wouldn't be the human error of of, of asking me when i'm in the middle of doing something um, but there we go <laughs> i still haven't found my word mastermind i haven't turned yeah. the house upside down i haven't found it yet never mind <laughs> Okay, so um, the first word goes to Nick, and it's chocolate. What can you tell us about chocolate? Oh, I can't actually tell you about chocolate. Um, I, we do have a limit. You can't go on for five hours. I can't go on for five hours. Um, 
I suppose it's all those kind of things, uh, all those kind of nice chocolates that we used to have and um, we, we haven't got any more, like secret bars, which were sort of hollow, well, like, like hollow tubes of chocolate with this sort of, um, uh, well, sort of hundreds and thousands, but only chocolate hundreds and thousands. So they were hundreds and thousands of the same thing mm. and uh, with a creamy kind of centre. Mm. Um, there was all pyramids and things like that. I have a feeling I've waffled on about that for, on another episode. Well, I, so I know that... Uh, I'm looking for something more original to to say. Um, possibly Easter eggs, as we're coming up to Easter. Mm. Um, I'm somebody who embraces both the religious and the secular side of Easter. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I've spent four days in church and then guzzled my heart's content on any kind of um, Easter egg I can. So, I think, I think and Andrew will remember the time that Yeti Uncle John got stuck inside an easter egg but i do yeah yeah he had to be he had to be freed didn't he he had to be eaten out yes we we uh i think it was in one of our it was in our first um universe open university university or around the archives university episode that uh, my specialist subject was chocolate bars um uh, of all ones that had ceased that ceased to exist oh oh, the other thing was um ali won a a, a huge Easter egg um, about eight years ago in the pub raffle. Mm. And um, she, in this very room, she did a photo shoot of all sorts of her different cuddly creatures coming out of it <laughs> as if they were, as if they'd hatched each one. Had hatched. Uh, Callum, they still exist somewhere. Callum's sister gave him a very, a, like a really giant jelly bear, which um, we didn't, uh, we took photos of, but we didn't know kind of how to sort of, we didn't have not know how to carve it up really and 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 also we were kind of thinking every second that it's in in the house it's just it must be gathering dust <laughs> like just holding it and, 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 and we just we i think we ended up throwing it away <laughs> but uh, um i've got a photo opportunity but uh okay i've got another word i'm going to give this one to andrew it's seaside oh seaside I, when I was small, smaller than I am now, um, where we lived was a tiny, tiny hamlet. So a hamlet's even smaller than a village. We lived at the, the highest numbered house, which was number four. And we used to have two buses that would come, apart from the school bus. We had a bus every week to Blamford and back, and a bus every August to Weymouth and back. So that was my trip to the seaside, Weymouth on the bus, along with the village. And, sorry, yeah? I remember going to Weymouth on your 40th birthday, or at least round. Oh, we did, yes. Yeah, because I came to stay and we went, and I definitely, yes, that's the last time I went to Weymouth, I think. But but I I did um, once uh, go there with a friend of mine who wasn't from the village, uh, I, I think that might have been frowned upon, you know, taking people who weren't from the village. <laughs> and uh, uh, we buried him in the sand. And, and you know, he's so still there. And, uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> and his head, there's his head poking out, and there's, there's about sort of five foot of sand underneath his head. We kept extending the sand till he was about 10 foot long and stuck his shoes in the, in the in at the end and the number of people that would walk past and do a double take thinking there was there was a 10 foot boy buried in the sand because <laughs> they, they could see, see his shoes <laughs> um, yes that, that, that's what we used to do at the seaside that sounds perfectly <laughs> acceptable to me um 
perfectly normal. <laughs> okay, I've got another word now. This one's for Martin. Oh dear. It's playwright. Playwright. Uh, um, let me see. Playwright. Um, I, no, actually, I have uh, I have uh, very very little I can say about uh, playwrights, um, uh, other than the fact that they write plays. Well, you do Alan Bennett monologues, don't you? Alan Bennett's a playwright. Yeah, but he 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 he, he must never find out. <laughs> but exp- explain what your Alan Bennett monologues are. Though. Also, some of your A to Zs um, involve um, programs that are written by people who are also known for play. Well, there is that. Yes, I mean, they, it's it's interesting really because because I, I, I'm not quite completely convinced that the difference between a playwright and a and a screenwriter is is that huge. But it's it's uh, it's difficult to. Uh, you have people are about theatre. People, people, some reason that seem to find theatre hard, and yet they'll watch lots of telly. Uh, and I genuinely think there's there's no real difference. It's just telling a good story, isn't it? When all said and done, uh, but there's apparently one from centuries back, Billy something or other. Apparently, he wrote plays. Um, oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> Billy, Billy, Billy. I can't, I can't think of his name. No, Billy Bunter. Billy Bunter, that's him. Yes, uh, uh, the, yes, uh, wrote about cigars and things. Yes, I, 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 yeah. I, I, well, Nick's a playwright, isn't he? I am. No, oh, there you go. I have a few plays to my um, One of which I'm uh, writing a screenplay for um, CCP, which is the Cashman Court Productions, which are, are sort of sitting on a number of me scripts at the Mew. Con, 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 hoping to conjure them up in, in technology much, much more sophisticated than I was using back in the day. Um, but yeah, I've done, and I suppose, uh, yeah, you do, as Martin said, you do think theatre playwrights, um, like that, Mr. Bennett. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's it's a, a screenwriting, playwriting, anything to do with writing excites me. So. Okay, I've got a word now for Lisa. Um, it's panda. Panda. <laughs> okay. Um, oh gosh. Well, there's the uh, the panda, the cat, and the um, teddy bear, which is a um, wonderfully acerbic book by uh, Paul Mars, who's written some Doctor Who. Uh, Novelizations. You novels. had to take a picture of that. I book, did. Didn't you? I did. Yes. Because when and you get the book, yeah. You when to... did you take a picture with a with a teddy bear and a cat? cat or... That panda's so rude. That panda's so rude. He is. I, I, he is. I was very I was very sad that um, uh, there was one cartoon that Paul did that I was involved in, which didn't appear in the finished book because. Oh. Uh, I commented, and a few other people commented about how awful the panda was. And he did, uh, he did one of his strips. He did um, different animals using the comments from the from the Facebook comments, including I think I was an elephant, um, and and uh, and I, I was I, I well, the first thing I did when I got my copy of the book was I wonder if he included that one, but he didn't. So. I mean, of course, Paul, you used to have a cat called Panda. Yeah, I did. Yes, yes, yeah. Uh, have you ever seen a panda in real life, Lisa? Uh, no. I can't recall no. ever seeing a panda. No, because you... they only go to certain zoos, don't mm. they? So it's a sort of London zoo, and I think Edinburgh Zoo had one. And 
Um, although we have been to London, so not when the panda was there. I've seen I've seen plenty of red pandas, and I think I've seen an actual panda maybe in Vienna Zoo, and I think I cried a little bit. And this was about five years ago um, because it was very nice seeing the panda in real life. But, mm. yeah. And there's also, of course, the um, uh, Stephen Taylor's panda. Oh, hi-fi. Yes. Yes. Who's who's sat on a chair in the TARDIS and, in the and time you see a lot of panda cars don't you on Z cars you do see you a watch... lot of panda cars yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah there is that yeah weren't they all something to do with us trying to be friendly with China back in the day did we not get a lot of pandas that's right Some... yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, how did that go for everybody <laughs> <laughs> I Okay, I've got a word for Toppy now, which um, I don't know whether, I suppose I ought to have a word as well, but uh, we'll get one for Toppy first. Uh, Toppy, your word is winter. Winter. The winter of my discontent. Uh, Winter, winter, winter. Oh, well, uh, well, I I was, uh, when I wasn't inside drawing constantly, I occasionally would actually go outside and play and I uh, so I have many many you know really wonderful memories of of uh, doing the things you do in the winter sleigh riding and such I'll just relay the one that the memory that I really hold dear is uh, my uncle got the entire family a toboggan which is a really long wooden sled uh, and my grandmother, my father, my mother, and I, possibly my uncle, all climbed on it and went down Wetzel's Hill. Uh, and, and we really went fast. I mean, nobody knew we were going to go that fast. But what, what just makes me tear up with the memory is everyone laughed the whole way down and hearing them and i remember my grandmother laughing and we would just laughed our heads off the entire way it was ridiculous so there that's a happy happy memory i have to say my nickname with my niece and nephew is uncle toboggan uh, <laughs> she, surely for this for the reason that um when they were kids they thought the name was absolute an absolute scream and suddenly I've become Uncle Toboggan. <laughs> I've never been on a Toboggan in my life. But, um, but yeah, I, they just it's just stuck. And then I thought you were going to say that they rode you down hills in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm going to have a, a, a word, but um, it, it uh, yeah, it, it, the word reminds me of somebody. Um, it's charismatic. And uh, I think the most charismatic person I know is sitting right next to me now. Oh, my. Uh, hi. Nick. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's talking about me. <laughs> it's Uncle John, Nick. I mean, you're the second most charismatic person in I'm this room. In this room, yes. Um, yes. Thank you, Paul. It's very kind of you. I'll give you that £5 later. That's fine. There's a plastic bag also sat next to you, so I'm, you know, is that <laughs> I am far going? more charismatic than that carrier bag. I promise you. Yes. Uh, anyway, I'm I'm sulking now, going away again. But it's Marks and Spencer's. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, right. Time is getting on, so we need to do our final call. My bluff. Um, we've got three more, and uh, let's see what we've got next. Okay. Uh, 
Before Tallulah Twinklehorn opened her music school, she was a struggling oboe player who made ends meet solving crime in small Surrey villages. She wasn't very good at this, but she did occasionally give an oboe recital to the disappointed families of some of the victims of the crimes. Or... In 1977, Bettina Dupre briefly considered being a punk rocker and started her own band. Sadly, when she learnt that punks can't drink gin and tonic, she became a <laughs> disco queen instead. <laughs> Why can't they drink gin and tonic? <laughs> okay. Or, or, or finally, in the late 50s, when still a teenager, Paul's mum, Pat, saw the Everly Brothers in concert, but had to leave early when her cousin Jan fainted from the excitement. So, Jalila oh, Chinquahorn as a oboe playing detective, Bettina Dupre as a punk rocker, or my mum going to see the Everly Brothers and having to rescue her her cousin Jan from fainting. Wow. What do you think? Um, Martin. Oh, damn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oboe. Okay. Um, Andrew? It's unusual to um, have a family story in these, so I'm going to assume it's your mum. Toppy? That's what I'm going with. The the story about your mum, and and even if it's not true, I want it to be very much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Nick? Uh, Well, knowing your mum, she always comes to everybody's rescue, so I would say that, but I do have to say I love the, the image of a struggling oboe. They can be quite. Trying to run away. They can be quite vicious. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say. Mom. Okay, Lisa. Uh, I'm I'm going to go with the with the oboe player just because it sounds like a sort of rejected rejected Midsummer Murders plot. So. <laughs> okay, well, I can reveal that I think at least two of you got this right. It was the Tallulah Twinklehorn story. Oh. This is true. She also consoled a group of grieving seagulls who had their nests stolen by a pair of drunken Morris dancers during a folk festival in Broadstairs. Oh, Morris dancers like to drink. They do. Yeah, they I do. know that much. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you're going to tell your mum about the, 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 the bluff, you know. And sort well, of I, <laughs> I, I actually did, but it is based slightly on truth. Um well, only bits of it. Uh, Mrs. Chandler never saw the Everly Brothers in the late 1950s, but did see Cliff Richard in concert when he was first famous and she herself was still a teenager. Jan is her cousin, though, but she didn't faint. In fact, she may not even have been there. Um, yes, I wasn't sure about that. <laughs> Listener, she married him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and as for Bettina, Bettina did actually become a punk, but only for three months and eight days. Her band was called Bettina and the Luddites, oh. and they released just one single entitled entitled Spittle, which failed to chart before <laughs> Bettina gave up and headed back to the theatre. At no point did she refrain from her beloved gin and tonic. Ah, I think I may have that somewhere. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's quite, um, yeah, quite... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Quite the single. Yes. It's on snot green vinyl, I believe. It's, it's really yes. quite... I've got, quite, a, got yeah. a couple more little things um, before we go. We've probably got time for a quiz. We may ask the quiz to ask Andrew a couple of questions about science and see. Well, don't blow me. But uh, <laughs> we'll only do three questions. But we'll come back to them in a minute. Because Cromarty has been waiting all episode. He, um, 
he wants he wants well he's offering himself up as a agony aunt he wants to know have you got any questions do you want any advice does anyone want any advice please it, I, I i'm here ask my advice i will give you my 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 detailed responses please one of you at least ah. Ah, ah, ah. We never have much luck with uh, agony arts on the show. Tina <laughs> 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 was officially uh, oh. brought onto the show as an agony aunt, and we, oh, we nearly lost contact with her because nobody ever asked her anything. But <laughs> you you oh. can ask me anything you like. Any anything? You the may best have jelly. To, uh, yeah. edit, edit, edit this long pause out while we think. <laughs> <laughs> Any agony I have, I just you, you take it painkiller. So. <laughs> but, but you can ask me anything, Nick. You can ask me my oh, opinion. You kinky sounds. I don't, no, I don't care. I know, and I won't ask you. I won't. I won't answer those questions. This is a chill. This is a family show. Well, maybe. But uh, well, I'll just get some quiz questions ready whilst you think. Oh, holy! Oh, I can oh, get rid pressure. of the random word generator. The pressure. I can get rid of... Oh, gonna, gonna that is, is a question. How do you get rid of a random word generator? Well, it's, I'm glad you asked that because... Thank you. There's a little cross at the top of the screen. Oh, and it? you just press it and it vanishes. The only uh, trouble is uh, Paul has about 70 different tabs up with lots of different uh, things. In, and it's very difficult. In, you end he's, up a, he's a very cross man. I feel he should, he should be asking advice, really. <laughs> well, you know, I, I I always have to answer. You know, we get to Uncle John. He always asks my advice. Ah. I, I do not. I never ask you advice. Oh. Yes, you. Yes, you do. I've heard. I've heard him. Uh, oh, so you've you've actually got. I mean, you've got form. I mean, you're not just you. you you've done this before. I mean, you have expertise. You have like certificates. Of course, I work in a laboratory. Wow. Yes. So. Ah, I, well, I don't know anybody who works in a laboratory. <laughs> I mean, you know, that, that's I, 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 I do know things. Ah. Well, let's let's ask, let's ask, do some quiz questions. And if I've got any questions when we come back, then, then, um, all right, I'll sit down and wait here in the corner. <laughs> yeah. is, uh, is it a square corner? No, is it? Yeah. Uh, right, let's find some science questions for Andrew. Um, it better be the right sort of science. I'm not doing biology. That doesn't count. Geology isn't even a real science. I'll do, I'll do, I'll do five questions, and I'm going to go for. I'm going to go for hard. I'm going to go for hard. Oh, oh bro, yeah. Um, leave then. <laughs> going for hard, Mister Orn. Okay. Um, question one. Hard science. If anyone else knows the answer, you can always shout it out and help him. But. Uh, um, what name is given to atoms with the same atomic number but different numbers of neutrons in their nuclei? Isotopes. Yes, you're right. Question two. In the, in the International Morse Code, which number is represented by two dashes and three dots? That's not science. <laughs> That's Morse Code. <laughs> I don't know that. Uh, w. Three dots. SOS. W. Everybody choose That's a letter. Not a number. Eh? Oh, number? Yeah. Oh, seven. Uh, yes. Well done. You knew it. You see, you knew it. <laughs> uh, what was the uh, answer? Name the USSR world beating 1959 to 76 moon program craft. Oh, God. Um, 
What's the dates again? 59 to 76. 59 to 76. It's either Vostok or Lunik. It's, it says Luna here, but yeah. So Luna. All right, okay. Which chemical element, which chemical elephant is represented by SE? Selenium. Yes. And the final, the final question. The, the Resende nuclear fuel factory is in which South American country? That's geography. America. <laughs> that, that's a geography question. What what was it what was it called? The resend a resend but with an E at the end. Is in is in where? Which South American country? South American in country. Brazil. Chile. Chile. <laughs> it's, it's, in it's in Brazil, Chile. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> It is in the mountains. I, the answer. <laughs> oh dear. Come on now. Has anybody got any questions for for, for poor Cromarty? He's crying. Yes, I have a question. Where where did you get that hat? Oh, thank you for asking. Do you like it? It's very nice. I got it from a market, but it belonged to a flea who did no longer want it, but uh, it, it has polka dots on it, and uh, I like to keep my sandwiches under it like all good bears. Yes. Uh-huh. Is that a one-size-fits-all thing, the flea hat? Well, you know, we've been going to a flea market quite a lot. You find funny things in flea markets. Yes, you hop around. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right, I've got a question. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Uh, what do you do in the morning when, uh, for instance, me, uh, I like routine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. You, you think about something boring. I think that's this. <laughs> oh, dear. I'm, I'm right. blushing now. <laughs> so, uh, if you like routine, uh, uh you, you you just like routine. You do the same thing every day. I always put my right sock on first. Uh, and, but I've heard that uh, to open the pathways of your brain and create new, um, you know, new pathways, uh, what do they call them? Neurons. Uh, no, uh, Estiva. No, I don't know what they're called. Uh, but anyways, it's good for you to break it up and do something new. Um, because it maintains the the connections between the nerves and stuff. Uh, so I sometimes think I ought to uh, put the left sock on first. What would you do? I would do that. Yes. Oh no! no I think the right is the spice of life. Uh, I think that if you do the same thing every day, it can get very repetitive. And uh, you know, sometimes it it doesn't hurt to uh, maybe you know. Even wear odd socks. Maybe put a red okay. sock with a blue sock, and uh, um, you don't have to. Why. You don't have to do what you have to. You think you have to do. It's that's very why. zen that you you already know the answer, isn't it? That's. <laughs> My God, that's why you're a genius, yeah, Uncle John. That's. Uh, but no, it's Cromarty you're speaking to. But there we go. <laughs> oh, sorry. Ah! <laughs> oh, it's all right. We sound very similar. <laughs> uh, but I don't have the same experience in, in these things as, as Cromarty. No. Uh, thank you, thank you. Anyway, thank you. I blew that. Oh, oh, can I? Can I? Can I jump in? I, I've actually found. I've got a list of of the lunar probes. Oh yeah. <laughs> we, we were saying. I, I knew I had a list somewhere. Yeah. Uh, like like you do, knocking around a, li- a list of, of probes. Yeah, Lunar One was launched on the second of January, nineteen fifty nine. Um, 
it was a flyby and it missed the moon completely and was the first ever spacecraft to fall into orbit around the sun. Uh. Luna 2, 12th of September 1959, actually hit the moon, becoming the first human-made object to reach the surface of the moon. So that was 1959. We actually hit the moon with something. So there, there you go. go. Something wow. actually hit the moon while the astronauts were on the moon. Really? And they, and they measured it. Yes. Yes. They with did. their instruments. Because they were there. Was it something? Yeah, yeah. Luna fifteen. Luna fifteen hit hit uh, launched on the thirteenth of July sixty nine. Completed fifty two lunar orbits. Began descent to take samples, but crash landed on the twenty first of July near the Sea of Crises, which was when the Apollo eleven astronauts were actually on the lunar surface. So if it had gone badly wrong, they could have actually been hit by a space probe whilst on the moon. Imagine the chances of that. Yes. You're the only two people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yes, there you are. But yeah, yeah, there's loads, loads of lunar probes. probes so. I can only I can only think of the Sputnik. That's I guess was the first thing to orbit the Earth. The Jupiter two. Oh, is that lost in space? <laughs> Jupiter two. Was there a Jupiter one? There was a Jupiter two. Possibly. Was there a Jupiter one? I mean, lost in space. Now, uh, we're, running out of we're, running, we're running out of time, so I need to give you some facts about May as we're approaching May. Um, did you know that no U.S. president has ever died in the month of May? In every other month of the year, at least one U.S. president has died. Well, there's one. Uh, I mean... I mean, that's, that's kind of weird, isn't it? I mean, that's go you, you shouldn't really tell people that, because someone's going to take that, aren't they, and think, right, right I'm going to do something about that. Um, the word May wasn't actually used until the Middle Ages... Um, were on their way out around the 15th century AD. Up until then, the Roman word Ma Maus was still used. Ah, mm. Theresa Maus. Yes. Um, May used to have a very different name in Old English. Back then, the month was referred to as the month of three milkings. <laughs> well, hey. <laughs> Surprisingly, this meant you'd get a sore hand, wouldn't you? <laughs> Unsurprisingly, this meant that during this month you could milk your cows up to three times per day. Ooh. And people sold a lot of ointment. Um, but, uh, um, it really is no answer to that, is it? <laughs> May isn't just a bad time to get married, though. Apparently, it's bad. I didn't read that one. Apparently, May was once considered an incredibly ill omen time to get married. There is an adage for it, actually, which goes, marry in May and you'll rue the day. <laughs> it's, it's not clear where exactly the saying comes from. I know one couple that's got married. <laughs> <laughs> Nair cast a clout till May's out. Amazing. Just about, uh, there's the corner superstition that buying a new broom in May is unlucky. Oh, and apparently you shouldn't wash any blankets either. But, uh, oh. Yeah. Or indeed in any of the other months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or is that just me? Apparently that's just me. There we go. There's one. I, I have to look at the, the, the these facts as being slightly doubtful, though, because it says that May is the month that the Eurovision Song Contest is held every year. Well, that is true more recently, but I think Martin and I discovered that uh, it was early March. Emission is Like back in the 60s and stuff. So um, anyway, um, we will do a few more bits of trivia after the end titles but uh, I, I just want to thank everyone for, for being here and giving the opportunity to talk about the shows they're involved in so andrew and lisa uh, thank you for joining us and um how is how is around the archives going 
Oh, thank you. Well, a um, number of things. We've just released our episode 61. One. <laughs> I'm already confused. <laughs> so thank you to uh, you, Paul and Toppy, for, for helping with that one, because you've you talked about some unusual game shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're just starting to think about 62, uh, which will feature Nick and Paul talking about... I haven't told... Nick. Have you not told Nick yet? It's okay. Something we recorded uh, oh, a little while ago, but um, yes, we'll, we'll, we can't. We, I'll tell you after the show. Yes, we, we won't announce what it is, but yeah, Nick will be there. So thank you to Nick for for helping with that. My pleasure. I'm just trying to struggle to think what it was. <laughs> it's all right. Paul can do it by a, a mime in a minute. It's all right. But, <laughs> <laughs> write it down for him. And Martin has released two books. Yes, with us in, hasn't he? he so has. over to Martin yeah. to explain the books. Oh, the book. Well, the book. I mean, everybody's seen what's in them. That's why nobody wants them. Um, no, it's. Uh... <laughs> you should have got two orders today. <laughs> nobody wanted it. We did it anyway. So yes, the uh, the the daily cartoon is now in available in in printed form. Uh, and jolly nice they are too. Uh, Martin's managed to work the wonders of Lulu, but I think it's his PDF action. Ours is just. I was going to say, could you give us some advice on that? Well, I think I we've, kind got, of, we've both no, got two books I think in abeyance at the I, moment. I don't think Martin arranges his books in Word files. I think that's the problem. Whereas we, our story is in a Word file. Well, and, I'm experimenting. I think, with I think we can learn from you, Martin. Yes, with yeah. um, our friend Alan, who's, who's published another novelisation. I've done. Is having enormous trouble with Lulu, and I know Paul, Paul and I have got a book um pending it's been pending for about three years isn't it? Yeah, I, think I, it's the form, I think it's the format file yeah. um possibly but uh, I, th- I think you should do a uh, shy life university about using uh lulu shouldn't you yes <laughs> yes um well martin, all i know paul is is that i'm haunted by the image that martin drew of you lurking over the ca- behind the couch <laughs> that, that's haunted me to this day with my little uh, baseball cap on. it's been immortalized forever i think in a way i'd like to be that cartoon all the time but <laughs> um martin how's vision on sound oh ticking along, ticking along. I've, not, I've not actually done any interviewing for it for a while which is starting to get me a bit twitchy but um i think we're going to do something about that this week but um it, it's fine i'm uh, what's tomorrow tomorrow's uh, warren in fact tomorrow's warren yes we uh, me and warren recorded two on the same afternoon which uh have been released a month apart which is really interesting because once part two of the same conversation has been out a month before part it's a bit timey wimey um but yes no we, we talked about the blue lamp uh film for his podcast having talked about it in the context of the television series for my show so it was kind of uh and for some reason we were going to try and go for simultaneous uh release and then i think uh, warren forgot which month it was or i forgot which month it was or other <laughs> things got in the way or or suddenly we had to talk about neighbors because that was more important than anything oh, cool. and, uh, <laughs> so everything got shoved back a few weeks and uh yeah so that didn't quite work out but i, I but then again it does give a, a sort of second bite of the cherry for for warren's show to get I, i've recorded two episodes in, in in one day with you as well I, I don't know if anyone's done three in one day have they is two the record not so far no i've i have recorded uh three in a day but with two separate people uh, that, that's the uh, that, that, that's why sometimes you hear this sort of strange dalek croaking when i get <laughs> it. Oh, thank you for coming and talking to me. <laughs> 
Okay. If somebody does three in one day, I, I, I need to. I can't. I can't. I don't mind being equal. Your brain, your brain just basically turns to mush by the end of it. I think that's that. I, I still find that. I don't, I don't know how people can keep uh, some on mic and actually sort of you keep focused for that long. I mean, they must be much far, much more cleverer than what I am. <laughs> and um, Toppy, how's the smell cast? And how is um, how is Matt Minutia? Uh, Matt Minutia, we just did a lovely, lovely film last night. Uh, we talked about A Patch of Blue, which I chose because of uh, Sidney Poitier recently passing. And uh, and I think Patch of Blue is one of his movies, maybe the least talked about, but uh, it was one of his most successful movies. He did right after Lilies of the Field that he won the Oscar for. And a year later, he did A Patch of Blue with uh, Elizabeth Hartman in her debut, film debut, and Shelley Winters as her hired, hired mother. Anyways, uh, a lovely, lovely movie. Uh, Old Black and White, 1968. Uh, if you haven't seen it, worth a watch. Oh, and uh, The Smellcast. Oh, big times. We're finally, finally uh, having the uh, great... Bobby Hop Race of 2022, and uh, I'm working on that right now. It's all oh my, oh, it's, it's oh, you're just not going to believe what happens. I I may know more about that than I can possibly reveal. Yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, well, I can tell, I I can answer for Nick as far as the uh, his his next podcast appearance will be on the Shadow podcast. Well, yeah, I don't actually have a podcast. Yeah, you, you, yeah. Well, you're you're on my one at least once a month, if not more. So uh, we have a few in the can. So I'm not sure. I think we might be releasing in April the uh, the the ones from behind the scenes on on the films that you made. Uh, oh, oh, Nick. Can I yeah, say no. I lo- I, lo- I loved your thing about bees the other day. Oh, <laughs> that, that was... yeah. Just I, I smiled at that. <laughs> I just, I just, it just suddenly occurred to me that my mum had those allotments on the, on right on the edge of Southampton Road, and I thought that is not a very healthy place to put bees. No. <laughs> I did, I, in the mid seventies, traffic was a lot uh, more tame than it is. It certainly is. It certainly was early, earlier when my dad tried to drop me off here, here at your house because we, we, there was a traffic jam going all the way down in Southampton Road. Yeah, it's, it's um, a bit. It's a bit of a gridlock down here. Yeah. Um, well, thank you everyone for joining me, and uh, we'll be back uh, in a month or so for um, maybe a, maybe we'll be doing a summer one by then. But, uh, but lovely, lovely to um, speak to you all. Yes, indeed. <laughs> thank you. Yes. It was good to good to have an, uh, you, 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 you were able to join us, Nick. Yeah, and, well, uh, that's all right. I, I just happened to be living here, so uh, yeah. dead easy. <laughs> oh, yeah, thank you. Um, anyway, well, we'll say goodbye for now, but we'll be back for just a little bit more trivia before we totally finish. But uh, anyway, this is, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll uh, be back again soon. All right, bye bye for now. Bye bye. Bye bye. Take care. Bye
Okay, I'm going to do uh, just a little made it a made it quiz that's just about ten questions. So. Um, May Day was a major national holiday in the Soviet Union during the Cold War. Oh, no, sorry. During the Cold War, Major Dwight Eisenhower tried to take back the holiday and called May the 1st by what name? Um, is it Americanization Day, Law Day, United States Day, or Democracy Day? Blimey, Charlie. I like, I like the sound of Democracy Day, just because the initials sound like sort of double diamond which works wonders that was a beer wasn't it yeah mm-hmm. anyone any any thoughts Could be any uh, option mm-hmm. any ideas no i never heard of this should we go with democracy day then and see yeah okay i think i get the answers at the end oh no it says try again now how rude oh oh <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Well, well, not Democracy Day. Well, well, then. No. I forgot what uh, the options were. There. Americanization Day. That's wrong as well. I don't like that's this. Just, that's not, oh, that's a process that you do to videos, isn't it? It's Law Day. I'm giving up on this quiz. I'm going to find Law Day. Law Day, Law Day, Law Day. Law Day, Law Day, Law Day, Law Day, Law Day. I don't like that quiz. Um, I'm going to do something else. Uh, what else is going on? Um, oh, wait, before, in May Day, in my neck of the woods, and I think this was observed widely in maybe the 30s, 40s, and 50s, not at all today. It's not a thing at all today. But even my father was young enough uh, that he, uh, on May Day, you would take flowers uh, a basket of flowers and put them on someone's um, porch and leave them there as a surprise. That's what that's what people used to do. Oh, the giving of the May baskets. That's one of my trivia facts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we used to just get in a boat and try and sink it. <laughs> uh, apparently, in Italy, May Day is a really big uh, celebration. Um, Apparently, it was once uh, once banned. Persecution of May Day festivities began as early as the 1600s, and in 1640, the Church ruled against the debauchery when the British Parliament banned the, the traditions as immoral. A much tamer version was brought back in 1644 under the rule of Charles II. Lisa may have known this. Um, Where they merely burned the Queen of the May. What year did you say? I was brought back in 1644. Oh, it was still Charles I in 1644. Oh, dear. I like getting rid of this bit. It's Charles II. Charles II is 1660 to 1685. So there. Ooh, this time it's <laughs> I've now run out of facts because they were... <laughs> you run out of facts. Let's make some up. Uh, no. Um, yeah. So, right. Well, that's good. That's that then. Uh, <laughs> Killed that. Uh, what's oh, luckily, luckily, luckily that wasn't in the main please. show. Um, <laughs> well, uh, yes, Uncle John, what do you think of when I say Mayday? Uh, uh, that quizzy going round the pub. Uh, yeah, well, that's original. Cromarty. Oh, Cromarty. Uh, does anyone have any more questions for Cromarty? No, Paul, if, I, I feel... I've got one. I, if you were writing a quiz for Mayday. <laughs> I, I, I feel that you have been let down by your facts, Paul. They have got things wrong for you. It was not your fault. Uh, I'll be your agony, Aunt Paul. Don't worry, it's fine. I'll pat you on the knee. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't happen very often these days. Oh, Paul, stop it now. Um, anyway, so, yeah, right. Well, um, I think we'll give up on the May Day idea, ideas. And, um, and thank you, everybody, for just, just for everything. Oh. Um, and um, 
we'll be back again soon. All right. Bye bye for now. Easy. Bye. bye. How inaccurate. Dreadful. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, it makes me laugh to think of them running in fear. <laughs> oh, yeti Uncle John. Yes, well, we have evidence now. We have achieved something. It feels positive. Yeti Uncle John, um, what, what can I do? But, I mean, the way you went about things... <laughs> I don't know. I don't approve of that, but uh, the outcome has been positive. Yes, yes, I think so. Yes. Huh. Yes, well, now we just have to find a proper vampire hunter. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm sure we can find one. Yes, yes, we can. Of course we can. And uh, if we don't, then who knows? Maybe I'll be fully qualified by the time, you know, <laughs> I can help him out. Uh, yes, Uncle John, I wish you wouldn't get involved. You know, you've done enough. I think you've done quite enough. Yes, we don't want you getting hurt. Oh, I wouldn't get hurt. <sighs> That's what you say. Oh, Yeti Uncle John. Yeti Uncle John. Oh, dear, oh, dear. At least you don't get that strange lady. Strange lady saying, you are, this podcast is being recorded. Or whatever she says. That's always a bit alarming, I find. Who's that? Cupid stud? <laughs> yes. She's terrible. Yes, it's all done in the worst possible taste. <laughs> Certainly when I'm recording, I don't think anybody else gets that message. I think it's just me. <laughs> and I've got yeah. Paul is recording the call. Ah, Paul is recording the call. <laughs> Paul is recording the call. <laughs> I should have a, you should have a little banjo, shouldn't you? <laughs> if it was the 1950s, Martin, that probably would be number one. <laughs> Considering what was it number one in be, the early 1950s. It will be. I'm just going to fire up the time engines. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, if I knew you were coming, I'd bake to cake. Number one hit of the week. <laughs> and I've recorded the call. Uh, maybe we'll start and we'll just add Toppy as he comes in. Um, Added Toppy. It's be like he can be like the you know like on on Dynasty they have different people and then they have and, and uh, if you get the and then you're the most mm. important so that's why Joan Collins. You, you, so, yeah, so you Toppy. are the most. <laughs> Because Tom Warren used to get the end on Death in Paradise, but now he's in the main credits. It's like they've, because they've, they've, he's in it a little bit more, they've yeah. pushed him up the credits a little bit. I think, so. Toppy, I think Toppy deserves the end anyway. He's, yeah. he's been podcasting longer than any of us. So. I just, uh, he's a vintage started, podcaster. I just started watching Batman, uh, the television Batman from the 60s. Yeah, and it's like that special guest villain. I always like that as a, as a credit. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> Yeah, we watched some. We watched uh, uh, the bookworm. We watched the yeah, bookworm yeah, so one we, last we time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what do I need to do? Well, I, I remembered need... from the seventies. I'll do an introduction. I'll do an introduction probably just as I do it. Then top will pop up. Bing. Right, guys. I want you all to describe the Shiloh podcast in, in a few words. You got a minute. A minute. A minute. Oh dear, just a minute. Get your Uncle John. Uh, I'll do a minute. All right, 90 seconds. All right, uh, Charlotte Podcast is a, a show of, of quizzes and, and trivia uh, and, and, and mischief. Good. Um, Ignatian? The Charlotte Podcast is a show full of special guests and, and journeys out into space. Great. Um, quality. Uh, the, the Charlotte Podcast is a show that um, is not like any other show. It has archive footage from like 30 years ago of, of things that you, Paul, you were up to. Yes, good. Martin? Uh, the Charlotte podcast 
is a show full of adventure and mystery. Um, uh, they're, they're vampires and space aliens and, 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 and all sorts. Good. Right. Okay, Bettina Dupre. Good, darling. Um, the Shadow Podcast is, is a show full of glamour and, uh, well, stories and, and people talking about subjects that they find interesting. Lots of chat and conversation. Perfect. August. Oh, right. The Shadow Podcast is a, an artistic show. Yes, a show full of uh, uh, beautiful art. Yes, all right. Oh, and pies. Uh, and, and, and pies. Right, yes. Okay. Um, right, well, I think that's about it. That's what we've got time for. Uh, the, the, uh, uh, listeners, um, my name's Paul the Shy Yeti, uh, and this is my show, The Charlotte Podcast. And these are my co-hosts, uh, plus lots of guests I have. And, and yes, you really should listen. We're, we're quite different from, from most podcasts. We're, we're stranger, weirder, odder, and we do have space aliens and vampires. All right, <laughs> please join us. Oh, did I miss the advert? Oh, what a pity. I'm Charlie Gur. I'm a bear. I eat all the pies. The Charlotte Podcast. The only podcast I know where they talk about pies. 526 526 526 526 526 526 526 526 526 526 526 526 526 526 526 526 526 526 526 526 526 526 526 526 526 526 526 526 526 526 526 526 526 526 526 526 526 526 526 526 526 526 526 526 526 526 526 526 526 526 